Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 33 and happy memorial day it is monday may 29th 2017 i am joe Murata alongside the heartbreak kid michael quinn how you doing quinn howdy doody how you doing Good. Happy Memorial Day to you, sir. Oh, happy Memorial Day to you, too. (laughs) Folks, we thank you for joining us. I'm sure if you're having a good day off from work, you'll have an even better day after listening to us talk to you about the world of retro wrestling. Michael Quinn, we've got some good topics because I know one, you know one, and we're reviewing something. It's going to be a good time. It's what we do. It's what we do here. And another thing, folks, you can do is go over to Twitter. And type in at OVP podcast and you can find us and you can tweet at us and you can follow us and we'll talk to you. Yeah, we're over on the Twitter. We're we like on the to Twitter. talk on the Twitter. We hit the at symbol and <laughs> hashtag and all that stuff. Whatever that stuff Retweeting, is. Retweeting, we'll yeah. do that too. We'll put links. Yeah, links. Um, yeah, there might be links. <laughs> Funny pictures. Yeah, pictures. <laughs> Whatever they use Twitter for. Yeah. And uh, if you use email, you can find us there at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, Michael Quinn. Yeah, it's called ovppodcast.com. And over there, you can get everything that we do, all the links. All the stuff. Just like we put the links on the Twitter, we put the links over there. There's links. And it goes to the YouTube page, some of it. What's on the YouTube page now? The YouTube page has our new series, Championship Wrestling. 1982. Yeah, you ever hear that show? Yeah, it's the old. WWF, they used to do it. <laughs> Thank you. It was like Raw back then, but on the weekend at like some stupid time. And not as good. Yeah, <laughs> and just some matches. But that's a video review, obviously. It's on the YouTube. Yeah, and also on the website, there's a link. It says forum at the top, and it will lead you to our Facebook group. That's right. And on the Facebook group, you have to ask us to join, but, you know, we're always just kind of... We're going to let you in. It tells us on our phone if you ask us. So Technology. We just, we just hit yes. We don't really care. <laughs> so you can just join and then you can ask questions yeah. and you talk with the other fans and that all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's fun. It's interactive, as they say. Yeah. So it's like the Internet. Let's say, for example, if Richard Land and Justin Hand want to interact, they can. Right. Or like Marty <laughs> yeah. has a problem about some of the Rushmore. <laughs> the and Smoky he's like, Mountain. Smoky Mountain. He could say, hey. This is why Smoky Mountain's good. And then maybe post a link on it or I don't know. Anybody. Anybody can join there. And Those are just examples. Yeah, exactly. It's just examples. Now, Quinn, we are on a bunch of different places, one of which used to be called iTunes and now it's not. Yeah, they don't like that when you call them <laughs> iTunes anymore. So what do we call them now? Apple Podcasts. Okay. And what can they do? Like, they let's say they subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, they go on. They Well, they open. They first have to open their iTunes program. Right. And then go to Apple Podcasts. Right. It's the podcast tab. It doesn't even say Apple Podcasts. It's very confusing. <laughs> but so you go on there, you can subscribe to us, and that way you don't have to look for the episode. And on there, you can also leave a review. Yes. And that's the important part. It is, actually. We need more reviews so that the fans can hear about us. Like yeah, we want to be heard. fans that aren't our fans yet. <laughs> Future fans. Future fans can hear about this show. And Quinn, where else are we? We're also on Google Play Music. Right. Uh, Stitcher. Uh, Blueberry. Who cares? 
Wars. Oh yeah, and uh, tune in and Odo Odo Otis Otis can't get it right. Auto Radio, <laughs> yes, it is Auto Auto Radio. And those are some of the places. Another place, of course, is the place to be Nation. Perhaps you're listening from there at place to be Nation dot com. You can go there if you haven't been and check out some other great wrestling podcasts. One of which is Quinn's favorite. The Place to Be Podcast. Yeah, The Place to Be Podcast. It has all the old wrestling like we do, but they're a little bit more specific. I'd say so. They talk about 1986 in general. Right now, they've been going kind of in order on the house yep. show circuit. Yeah, on the circuit. The circuit. Yes. And maybe sometimes Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, and things like that. So uh, you can go there and listen to us again on theplacetobenation.com. Yeah. All right, Quinn. Well, to close out May here, it's episode number 33. I have the first pick for our deep dive. Get your okay. scuba mask on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even need to add in a sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> you could just, just do that go every down, time. Go down. I was actually swimming right now. Yeah. It's an audio podcast. You can't see that. <laughs> we have a pool in here. All right. <laughs> so what I want to pick to talk about here is the star rating system. Hmm. You want to deep dive into that, I huh? do. I want to talk about Put that Put on that rabbit bit. hole. That's a little bit of a rabbit hole that we don't explore too much. The star rating system, if you don't know, folks... Well, actually, Quinn, do you know who invented the star rating system? Now, I've heard Meltzer, but I kind of don't believe that. I, I, It's probably some guy. It's someone you know. Jim Cornette. <sighs> really? <laughs> And, we have him to thank for this. And his childhood friend, Norm Dooley. Who? I don't know. It's a friend of his. That's a who, well, if people, I've ever heard one. People haven't heard of our friends. Well, except Donnie, because he was on the show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you hear about people when they're on things. I've never seen Jim Dooley on a podcast before, so what am I supposed to know about Jim Dooley? <laughs> Norm Dooley. Sorry, Jim, Norm. <laughs> exactly. You can't even remember his name because I've never heard of him before. So anyway, the star rating system is popularized by Dave Meltzer. Is it five or four and three quarters? And for those of you that don't know, it is a way of ranking, I guess, the... The objective enjoyment and quality of a wrestling match. Now, I always thought it was like more, or at least it's turned into more wrestling quality rather than enjoyment. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, the star rating system, you know, in theory anyway, ranges from negative five stars all the way up to five stars. Well, six stars nowadays. And six stars if you're really lucky and Japanese, or the match takes place in Japan. Or if it's at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, It has to be on Wrestle Kingdom. It has to be on Wrestle Kingdom. And Meltzer's star ratings are frequently a topic and subject of debate amongst wrestling fans, not even with Meltzer. Right. And people will just go, oh, why didn't you give that match five stars when you gave it four and three quarters you know what i mean it's like some people take his ratings so seriously mm-hmm. that they will get mad at other people that don't agree with Meltzer's rating over the years only five wwe matches have received the prestigious five-star rating from wrestling observers dave Meltzer. right which doesn't make any sense because why should there be only one source of the rating <laughs> it's like you know i used to read a magazine in the 90s it's called EGM, have you ever heard of it? <laughs> yes, Electronic I have. Gaming Monthly. Yes, of course. And I always thought they actually had a really fair rating system, is that it was a combination of four editors, right. you know, reviewing something. But in the case of wrestling, it seems we have this situation where it's the combination of one man. <laughs> and to be fair to him, he does have a good knowledge oh, yes. of the business. I'm he not does. disputing that. He, he does like, much better than you and I ever want to. Yeah, and if you've ever read The Observer, like, he does some really good in-depth, like, sure. work studying, like, you know, 
Farmer Burns or whoever, like people yeah. you never heard of. You is my lo- point. You just love bringing well, up Farmer, Farmer Burns. Well, Farmer Burns is probably going to be a joke for a good year now <laughs> since that Hall of Fame induction. But I get why people think he's an authority on it. However, there's other people that watch wrestling. There's other people that like wrestling. <laughs> right. There's other people that know about wrestling. That's and, true. And why do their ratings not matter? Because I guess they don't have the decorated, you know, journalistic credentials of Dave Meltzer. Now, I personally... Was that sarcasm? I actually take a lot of authority. I think Scott's ratings are usually pretty fair, like, also. They're fair. And that's the whole thing, is a thing can happen where the star rating of a match, if you haven't seen the match yet, that might give you prejudice against the match when you watch it. There's times, actually, where... If I hear a match is five stars, right. I will watch it, and I'll be disappointed. If, yeah, right, exactly. And that's the thing with that, is the star ratings, if you, if, you're, if you do it before you see the match, you could easily get disappointed. Yeah. I actually, there was a match recently, in the last year or two, which I was actually surprised I agreed with Meltron, and I think it was because I didn't see his rating. Right. He gave it five stars, and it mm-hmm. was a Japanese match. It had something to do with Ishii and... Of course. Somebody... I, two guys... Oh, um, Hanma. Mm. You don't know them, but they... Crickets. Yeah, but they're basically... They were two Japanese wrestlers who were kind of like hard-hitting guys or whatever. Sure. And there was like a situation where a title was vacant, and they just randomly fought for the belt because they were the last two contenders. Right. And it was... Like, I was like, after I watched it, I was like, that's a five-star match. And I was actually surprised that Meltzer even agreed with me. But it, it was really good. Like, I was like, that's a perfect match. Where did it take place? In Japan. Well, of course he agreed with but you. It's interesting, though. It's like, that's the rare exception. It is true. Well, usually, it's I, I hear about a match. And then you'll watch it. Yeah, I'll Because wa- of Meltzer's rating. Right. And that's influential. And, and I don't have any problem with the concept of the starting. Here's where I do see a problem sometimes, though. What? Is, you mentioned it in the beginning it doesn't factor in so much the enjoyment of a match. And that's more what I look for as a wrestling fan when I watch a show or a match yeah. is the holistic relative enjoyment of what it is that's being presented to me. Well, I think that's because there's a lot of factors there. I think Meltzer's system has become more about the wrestlers and not about the environment, the commentary. Oh, of course. The referee. The crowd factors in a little bit. The situation in the storyline. Correct. Meltzer's become strictly a, uh, was this match on a technical level good? And actually, I think a lot of his reviews, even towards WWF, skew high because of that. Possibly. He's gotten softer, I think, too, in his older older age. I don't even think it's softer. I think the product in the WWE currently has gotten to such a point where the wrestling is fine. We always say this. It's not about the, the wrestling's not the problem. The wrestling's fine if rather safe and homogenized, yes. But it's 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 good technically solid wrestling for the most part from most of the competitors, from the majority. I would agree with you. And I think what that situation has turned into is that I I, I tend to see a lot of three and a half to four star reviews on everything the WWF does, but mm-hmm. it's not enjoyable because there's the stories are terrible. But that's the thing. You can get, if you have so many of those three and a half, four star reviews that that becomes the norm, then how does the bar get raised? And that's why well, you have to have other factors contributing to, like you just said, the enjoyment of the product. Yeah, it but can't I mean, just be like, you can have like a really technically sound, well-directed, well-acted movie, great writing in the script. But if you don't care about it, mm-hmm. you're not going to like it. Whereas 
Home Alone is critically not acclaimed, and it's one of my favorite matches of all time. It's just fun. I mean, uh, movies movies of all time. It's just fun to watch. It makes me laugh. It Mm -hmm. makes me cry. And it's happy. Jimmy, stop that boy. But it has nothing to do with how good the director was, Chris Columbus, by the way, how good the writing was, John Hughes. Right, yeah. how good the acting was. It's just a fun package, and that's what to me a good match is, which is why I wanted to discuss the star rating. But I mean, again, at the end of the day, that's all opinion. There could be another guy that he's not looking at the rating either, and he objectively thinks Home Alone sucks. Exactly. Like that's fine. But what if the people that think that think that because a critic said it's a bad movie? Well, yeah, that's the problem. That right? is the problem. The I don't know what else to say, but that it, it's. I think the internet is causing such an issue because yes. everyone reads before they watch. That's the thing. It's not like a see to me wrestling shouldn't be like a movie review mm-hmm. where, you know, like who's uh, Roger Ebert was one of the notable movie critics, right? Yeah. He'd be like the Dave Meltzer of movie reviews maybe. Yeah. Kind of some slightly pretentious well, but Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Originally. Siskel and, but down to earth enough, right, that he could it, It's give like a the mainstream's recommendation. recommendation, right? <laughs> right. It's like it's like these guys generally like what most people like for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling to me it's it's not the same as that. I don't know why. And that, hmm. that's the reason I want to bring this up is the star rating system is it's fine for what it is. Like if you say to me like I don't know that match was 3 stars. Yeah. I know how to to look at the rating system and and see if I agree with you or not, yeah. right? We don't typically do that, but we can. Yeah. I I personally think if Meltzer wanted to truly get rid of the whole criticism I guess because it's not just us like that are saying this. It's like this is a this is a common criticism on the internet, like that mm-hmm. the, that it's one man doing it. Sure, is that he does do a like a four man rating committee. committee rating basically, and the that combined the average is what it is. You know what Alvarez would give everything minus five stars. <laughs> well, that would skew the rating back down. <laughs> but the point is, is yeah, it's like if Melter thinks it's five stars, and the other thing is like Melter's the technical aspect of right. of reviewing mm-hmm. have a guy that's looking at the entertainment aspect have a guy that's looking at the context aspect have a guy hmm. you know what i'm saying is like have each of these guys picked specifically because they favor one part of a wrestling match over the sure. other sure and then put that all together and that would be a way more accurate rating sure i guess to, to best exemplify my my point here and this is for the sake of our audience uh, as well I don't want to alienate anyone that was expecting retro wrestling talk, okay? Because but I, it is retro I wrestling am going talk somewhere because with this. this this has been going on for like thirty, 30 years. something years. Yeah. yeah. If you have to think of the most famous WrestleMania main event of all time, what is it? Hulk versus Andre. Okay, I agree, and most people would agree, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a good wrestling match on a star rating scale? Not at all. Okay, it, it, it's two at best. At best, right? Yeah. On, on on the Meltzer or the Jim Cornette and Norm Dooley scale, right? Right. It's a sucky, poorly wrestled match. Yeah. Why is that match so well remembered and so beloved by people? Because of the moments, because of the context, because it's freaking entertaining. Like Exactly. That was it, the point I wanted yeah, to get at. Exactly. Is, I, I, it's always the poster child, I know. But for the, like, that the stars don't matter, basically. Yes. But if you say you had a round table and it wasn't a Meltzer thing, and say mm-hmm. you had people looking out for context and sure. moments and feelings mm-hmm. and entertainment and stuff, I would say it would probably average out to a four-star match. Right, or an all-time like, classic, yeah, however you want yeah, to term exactly. it, right? Yeah. So that's, to me, where where as much as I do appreciate, understand, and, and I can 
I can roll with the star rating system. I can. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it. But it cheats out some things like that. Because if you just read down a list yeah. of matches, you're going to get tons of five-star crap that you, with people you've never heard of. And you're not going to find many of your favorites on that list. If you're a casual wrestling fan, I'm saying. Yeah. That's looking for good matches. And some guy's like, here's a list of what this guy thinks is the best matches ever. I hate to say it, but I think the 30 years of Meltzer reviews are not much of a source for anything, if you really think about it. Why do you say that? I'm, I don't disagree, but why do you say that? One man, and it's looking at a technical aspect. It, it really is only if you're looking for technically perfect matches. It has yeah. nothing to do with entertainment at all. Now, he did give Savage Steamboat five stars. Yeah, and that's a technically perfect match because it was choreographed to the yep. point where like you couldn't, they didn't fuck up anything. But, but if you took that same exact wrestling match, meaning move for move, yeah. and even had Savage and Steamboat do it, but there's no storyline surrounding it. Well, yeah, and that's why, to me, it truly is a five-star match, just because right. of the context. I can put that match up mm-hmm. against anything done in Japan today, and I would say it's better. And and a lot of people would say you're wrong, but I would agree with you. Yeah, because it, it, it's the right time, the right place. Mm-hmm. It, it gets you feeling, you get the goosebumps, you know, yeah. like... You know, I can watch, I hate to say it, but like a lot of those Wrestle Kingdom main events, like the recent um, Kenny Omega mm-hmm. versus um, Okada match that mm-hmm. was six stars or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I watched it. I was like, I don't know, four and a half because like I got that Kenny Omega had been built up or whatever sure. and all this. And he went from a goofy character to a serious character and, right. you know, people liked him and stuff. But I was like, this is all internet goofiness. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a good, it was a great match, but I, you know, it's not five. It's not even five stars. Here's another one. Meltzer gave five stars to um, WWF. You know, yeah. Retro was a uh, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. Yeah, and, and an, I agree with another that too. Situation because again, context, right? Story context, line. context, context, storyline. Yes, and emo- the match was emotion good. moments. Absolutely, and, and that stuff matters. You know, right. So I guess the, the that's the question I wanted to pose, and I want you folks to let us know, what do you think of the star rating match? Do you think it's bullshit and doesn't affect your leanings at all? Do you just simply like what you like? Or does it influence you? Or do you really like Dave Meltzer? Speaking of stars, the two of us will be back right <laughs> after this. That's little Macaulay Culkin left alone in his suburban home when his family leaves him behind for a Christmas holiday in Paris. And that's the premise of the dopey new comedy, Home Alone. Give me a break. I think I would have liked the movie more if it had been much more realistic. In yes, other words, that's what, what I'm saying. What would really happen exactly. if a little kid were left home alone? Who cares? And the whole business of the burglars trying to break in, and he contrives a very elaborate string of, uh, 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 uh traps. Right. I I love boobies and uh, trick ropes huh? going right. here and there and little fireworks that are going to go off and so forth right. to make life hard for them. Uh, these booby traps are nothing that any eight-year-old kid couldn't make if he had hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> and the special effects department of a movie working for him. Minus five stars! Will you stop? You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Happy Memorial Day to you. Thank you for joining us on your day off, hopefully. Yeah. You're off, but we're on. Or you're joining us the day after your day off because you listen to this at work. Oh, maybe. That's true. Or on yeah, the way so to work. If you had a good Memorial Day. Yeah. Good, good for, for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, folks, we're here, of course, on episode number 33 to talk about the world of retro wrestling. And it's our next segment, the the big fan favorite segment, Michael. Yeah. Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. And the heartbreak kid over here himself has the honor of bestowing upon us today's topic to put four things on Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. and four of the worst into Death Valley. Michael Quinn, what are we talking about today? So we were kind of debating this one this time. This was one I had to consult. There was uh, some consultation. There was some cons- consultation? Con- <laughs> consul- consultation? Consulta- consultation. Yes. And we decided on um, the topic of... Gimmick matches? Gimmick matches. Yeah, gimmick matches. <laughs> yes, gimmick matches. Yeah. <laughs> so, Quinn, what is a gimmick match? It's a match that's not the typical singles or tag like, team. Ta- like standard tag team, I guess. Uh, right, because a normal match has your normal rules. Yeah, pinfall, submission, count out, uh, count out and disqualification. Those type of things. Yeah, these are matches that aren't that. Okay. Um, basically. <laughs> Maybe different uh, amounts of people allowed. Yeah, more than the norm. More than the norm or different rules, different yeah. ways to end the match. Yeah, exactly. I get the first pick, don't I? Yes. All right, so with that in mind... I'm going to throw one at you, mm-hmm. see if it fits this criteria for gimmick match. I bet it does. Okay. The Royal Rumble. It's time to rumble! It's time for the Royal Rumble! I'm, I'm not sure if it's the same thing. Um, I do agree. It's probably, if it, if it is a gimmick match, it's probably the best gimmick match. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I would count it just because it's like, a battle royal would be its like derivative, I guess. Yeah, it's derived it's, it's, from a battle royal. It's derived from a battle royal, which a battle royal itself is a gimmick match. It is, but I think Royal Rumbles are more exciting and generally better matches. It's the first type of match that I can ever remember a pay per view being called and centered around. Like, there's no other like, there's no SummerSlam match or the Starcade <laughs> match. Like, yeah, no, you're right. It's like the Royal Rumble match is. It was so awesome that it had its own thing around it and i guess war day. games war games would be the only one war games but that was after the rumble wasn't it uh or no, no it was it, before. It's before so war games would be the first bunkhouse stampede too but that was like an anything goes battle royal okay but i would say that if you're gonna start with in the tree right you start with battle royal yeah and then there's different derivatives of that like yeah Last Blood Battle Royal, all that stuff. It's real. Last Blood? When did that happen? I don't know. It's happened. The last person bleeding wins. The Last Blood Battle That's great. <laughs> I would say the best derivative of a battle royal is the Royal Rumble, and I would say it's the best version. Yeah, of and a it battle was royal. developed by Pat Patterson, I believe. Yeah, Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. <laughs> um, I would say, unless you have a major argument with putting it on, I would say that's George Washington right no, there. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I would just say about it that you know it's one of my favorite matches. I know period. it is. Uh, like I love it every year. Every it's year, it's always exciting. Right, yeah, and that's what you want out of a gimmick match. You don't want it to be just some crap that you don't care about, and you're like, this doesn't matter who wins this. And that's the thing: you cannot name too many really good battle royals, but you can name many good Royal Rumbles. And what? Finally, what do you think of the when they started adding the stipulation of the title shot to it? Do you think that was love it? You have no problem with that? Love that. Okay, good. That that yeah. that that just adds to its importance, in yeah, my opinion. Exactly, and especially since the one year in '92, the winner was actually the champion. Well, the two years. 
Remember yeah, the other one where Triple Horse yeah. won the, yeah, yeah. the belt in it? But despite all that, do we put it on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Here it goes. George Washington. All right. So the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Michael? I actually think another WWF creation, I guess you call it. Sure. The Hell in the Cell. Yeah, you know what? We talked about the Hell in the Cell in the cage match as a concept a yeah. few episodes back. Mm-hmm. And I think we both kind of agreed that the Hell in the Cell has trumped yeah. the cage match. Right. So, uh, yes and no for me. The first couple were really good, and there's been a couple of good ones since it started in 97. Yeah. But overall, I don't yeah, I don't know actually. But it, it's it's like the most gimmick match I think of and it's <laughs> like it's it's also like to me it's like it it's had a lot of significant moments in it. Like well, I'm usually involving people falling off of it. And I think a lot of people <laughs> for better or for worse really look forward to it. And I think it's also like probably the I I truly think it's like the end all be all of cage matches, which is just a derivative of I could I could one up that though. I'd say War Games is better. Really? Yeah. I think War Games is too complicated. <laughs> it is a little complicated. Like, You're right. They You're have right. to list like rules and stuff. <laughs> like I I know a lot of people love War Games, yeah. and if if like having strange rules is what you're all about with gimmick matches, because that is a a, a characteristic of a gimmick match. It is, but it's but not to, the only. I still to this day couldn't tell you the ru- the full rule listing of war games. It's so confusing. Some with a coin toss and <laughs> coin toss and uh, yeah, I, it's it's very There's teams. Yeah, it's baffling to me. It, I I mean, I guess if the WWE had brought it back, which everyone has been like asking for for years since but, since they bought WCW practically. Yeah, but I I don't see it ever coming back because it's just too complicated. It's a lot to pay attention to. I don't know what, how else to say it. It's like. It seems so confusing to watch a War Games match. Now, would you say that um, Elimination Chamber is not one of the best? <laughs> just want to um, throw it out there while we're talking about similar concepts. I don't think it's a bad concept. I really don't. I like the idea. It's basically like, to me, it's actually a derivative of War Games. It is. Like, it's it's a, it, it's it a straight off derivative of it. Yes. It's got the pods. Yeah, there's pods. But there's Some- no teams in it. It's like a singles War Game. Yeah, what is it, like six men usually? It's four pods with two men starting, so yeah, six. Sometimes the pods don't open, and it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) There's issues. Well, I don't understand how you could screw it up. It's literally like a ref pulling open a thing, but it would always get, like, caught. I know. Like, they'd always have, like, a problem. (laughs) I like when they have to break out of the pod because it actually breaks. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, though. Hell in the Cell, huh? At the the end of the day, it's like you think of all these in a cage style things. It's like Hell in the Cell is the most significant. Yeah, and it did lead to at least two or three really good matches in there. Yeah, and in a lot of gimmick matches, you aren't going to find the best matches. So I don't think that's like a strike against it. It's like it's more just the concept. Now, you consider like No Holds Barred a gimmick match or no? Yeah, I guess so, because it's not the norm. Right, and those those can be exciting sometimes. Then again, I mean... You get desensitized to that rather quickly. Yeah. If you have them all the time. Well, what did you think? Did you think that ECW kind of ruined the New Holds Barred concept? Yeah, partially. And then there was a period of time, and even in WWF, where I felt like every match just featured No Holds Barred elements anyway. Yeah, I guess. Rolling in the crowd, like just tons of weapon use, even if it wasn't a hardcore match. Well, it'd be like the referee's discretion or right. something, right? Yeah. Which is what ECW used to always say, is that true. it was the referee's discretion. Yeah, they, and <laughs> these were singles matches that they were yeah, just... Sure. Yeah, like the ref is showing a lot of leeway here in ECW. Lots of leeway. Yeah. But I would say a hardcore match and a, a no-holds-barred match are the same thing. 
I like mm-hmm. the false count anywhere match a I real do lot. Too. And I, I like actually I like the hardcore like a hardcore title match. I like the idea yeah. of that. The idea that it can change hands at any time. It's, yeah. it's very it's actually very interesting. Like I, yeah, I mean especially during that run that Crash Holly had with it with the 24/7 yeah, rule. Yeah, they kind of carried it along. They kind of just kept it like for a while. For a little while. Uh, yeah. I, I love a false count anywhere match because it takes you outside of the ring. Yeah. It takes you maybe backstage into the crowd. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the weird thing that you always talk about where Savage tied up Crush. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was stupid. stupid. But that was a different stipulation. Or what about people losing matches while they're sleeping or dreaming? <laughs> in dreams. Or, yeah, in dreams. <laughs> but I would actually put the False Count Anywhere match on there, too. So we have that mm. in Hell in the Cell maybe to think about. Yeah. Do you have any others? I do love the Money in the Bank ladder match. Okay. And, um, and, and to that end, I like TLC. Yeah, and those are really just derivatives, of course, of the ladder match. The ladder match. The idea being it's a match where, you know, a ladder is in the ring yeah. and you have to climb up it to get something. Right. Would See, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually, I more fondly remember the TLC concept than I do the the Money in the Bank concept. I do, too. I got tired of Money in the Bank a few years in. And at the same time, I mean, TLC isn't really anything special anymore. So really the difference with the two is that TLC is always was tag teams. It started that way anyway, yeah. Very rarely is TLC not. Right. However, the Money in the Bank, that's like eight singles wrestlers. Or, you know, whatever the hell. Six or eight. Whatever they decide. Mm -hmm. Sometimes seven. I've seen seven before. Yeah, I've seen it, too. Um, So... It's it's basically if you if you like that singles or tag team aspect to that concept, basically. I always like TLC better. Yeah, I always like TLC better. Actually, I might even put TLC ahead of the cell because I, I think TLC yeah. brought us some of the most like spectacular moments as far as like raw spectacles. Like I agree. I always think of the WrestleMania match where Edge did the spear. Yeah. But you know what looks so good about that is the fact that Jeff Hardy's hanging, mm-hmm. but the arena is huge. So it yeah, looks like he, it looks like he's suspended in like <laughs> on the on the top of like a dome, right? Like and like that he's like dangling, and Edge just brings him down. And Edge is coming off a really not not a normal size ladder, yeah. And that's just one of those moments you you never forget that. How do you learn to fall off a twenty foot? Yeah, ladder? how do you learn? To fall? <laughs> Today I'm going to demonstrate how to fall off a ladder. Oh yeah, and then there's also the the Swanton bomb yeah. onto, onto Bubba from the on the two tables, I believe. I think it was Bubba. There's yeah. been a lot of crazy spots. So that was a match that I looked forward to a lot. Yeah. was the TLC. It became... I, I never felt like the TLC got too tired. No, I mean, again, once you start building pay-per-views around things like that, it does lose some of its luster yeah. over the years. Well, the other thing about the original TLCs is while they did supply weapons, there wasn't thousands of them. <laughs> like... Yeah. Remember, there was like, yes. basically, it was more about the reason it got started. A lot of people forget this is the fact that Edge and Christian's weapons were the chairs. Yep. The, the Dudleys always, their trademark was the tables. Mm hmm. And the Hardys always use ladders. Jumped so, off ladders and, and then stuff. they said, yeah. why don't we combine the three and yep. have these three tag teams fight each other and call it TLC? Yeah, you know what? I would put TLC on there ahead of uh, Hell in the Cell. Yeah, I in agree. In all honesty. I agree. All right. I I don't know that we're going to find too many that are better than that. I'll put it on if you're game. Yeah, go ahead. Can't take it back. So are we good? Yeah, we're good. Real Rumble and TLC. Mm-hmm. Still got False Count Anywhere lingering around. Yeah, there's False Count Anywhere. I'm very, very much into the idea of False Count Anywhere. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. What do you think of... um? Like more like those boot camp matches from the early 80s? Hardcore like, matches. Yeah, but I... 
there was something no different. holds barred different i'm thinking street fight that's what i'm really thinking of it's all I, the same concept i know it is but i i do think there's some difference with street fights it's that how they wear clothes yeah they're they're in and it's a little there's a little down out dirtierness there's more like punching like <laughs> but like in a like no this is like a real fight kind of way like that old school style street fight right you win perfect i've always loved those too Hmm. Like Patterson just like beating the crap out of Sergeant Slaughter. Like, yeah, that like, was a good match. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's what to me is like a street fight, right? It's like, it's, there's like a dirtier element to it. Or like, Michaels versus Triple H from SummerSlam 02. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's more like down out, dirty kind of thing. So it's under the umbrella of like a hardcore match, but we'll right. just, we'll narrow it down to street fight. Right. I'm not opposed to that. When they're used right, they could be really exciting, they could yeah. be really fun. Yeah, nothing like nothing like a little violence every now and then. Nothing uh, wrong yeah, with no, that. Nothing wrong with it at all. Hadouken! Yeah, Street Fight is always fun to make because they don't really bring it out that much. They don't. It's like it's kind of like if it's a Street Fight, like I feel like it's it's a it's a false count anywhere match, but with more of an expectation that you could end up like outside the arena or something. Like you could, you, you could, you like could. or like you could like use your boot or something that like <laughs> you know what i mean or like yeah. you might you might be sticking a fork in someone's face or you know it's just it's it's like even less honor than just a standard false count anywhere right like it's not about wrestling anymore. yeah yeah exactly it's like these guys just hate each other hmm. you know what when that is used properly it can be really good yeah I don't have a problem with it, Quinn. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, because I think it. I think it takes your false count anywhere and kind of ups the ante a little bit. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put it in. Yeah, street, street fight. fight. Let's do it. And then there was one. Yeah. Hmm. And I think this is where it gets a little, little hard. Actually, a little hairy. A little hairy. Any ideas? Hell in the Cell is still a contender. Yeah, Hell in the Cell is definitely in there. It's still a contender. Would you at all trump the regular steel cage over that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's maybe. tough. Yeah. yeah, because for most of wrestling's history, it was about the steel cage, you know, in terms of that kind of match. Yeah. I don't know. The, the Hell in the Cell, is it, it's just it had so many good moments. It like, did. As it stands now, I hate it. I just don't like what I they've think done you're to just, it. I think you're just you're, you're thinking of the Hell in the Cell from the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view and not be great hell in the cell when it would just pop up randomly in the I, middle of the year like, and yes, like but I'm also you know thinking I mean? of Rikishi falling into the truck of hay and like <laughs> the boss man getting hanged yeah and I'm sure you don't like dumpster match or anything like that like no. any of that's cr- crazy crap <laughs> what about just like an I quit match that's another one an I quit match or just a submission match yeah whatever thing, really yeah because of because of what it implies you know like look we're not even gonna try to pin each other in this now do you like the I quit match where you have to like bring the mic no, up to them thing. No, like, no, no. So, like, so really a submission match, I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. I hate the mic version. Yeah, the mic version is a little. It's annoying. Well, it's like, are, is it really matter if I humiliate him to the point where he has to do it into a microphone? Like, <laughs> like he's still losing in front of all these people anyway. Yeah. And I know everyone loves Tully and Magnum, and it was an I quit match, you know, yeah. with the wood and the eye and stuff like that. But yeah. doesn't mean the match type is one of my favorites. You know. Yeah. What about? A career match. Very rarely used. The only reason I have so much against that is because they're never really, except if you want to count when Shawn Michaels lost, he's the only one that I can think of that's never come back. I'm trying to think. Even Rick, Flair. What about Ric Flair? He came back in TNA. 
Yeah, but he didn't. He never. He never truly wrestled again. He, it was always like just like being stupid. Like he never. I don't really think Ric Flair's truly wrestled much at all since. I mean, probably technically on some house show somewhere that no one cared about. But like, it's not like he 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 was an active everyday wrestler ever again after that. Yeah. See, the career match is a derivative of the old loser leaves town match from the territory yeah. days. You mm-hmm. know where they would just be going to their next territory. But I mean that that Macho Man with the Ultimate Warrior one, like regardless of if they really if their career's ending, it's kayfabe anyway. So to me, that doesn't matter. It's more the levity of like the career being on the line. Yeah, but in hindsight, the stipulation means nothing. It means nothing in a in a actual career. Yeah, but in, in, a, in a kayfabe sense, it means everything. It, 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 Savage it, wrestled six months later. Yeah, but he couldn't even use his, his king name anymore. Remember, that's how he got around it. <laughs> no, he, that's not true. What do you mean? That's not how he got around it. Well, he was never the macho king anymore, he was he? didn't need to be. Well, there I'm ain't no saying, king and queen no, no more. I'm just saying. Because there ain't no king and queen no more. Oh, that's right, honey. Yeah, Elizabeth. I, I mean, I always think that was part of it. I know Elizabeth. he was reinstated by Jack Tunney, but. I'm going to bring back Macho Man Randy Savage because Jake Roberts snake bit him. Yeah. After careful consultation with the Macho Man Randy Savage. It is my decision that he be reinstated immediately. However, it, it's still a... I, I contend that it's still a great stipulation. I contend that it's not. Hmm. Well... It just hasn't been used successfully enough times. I guess, but it, you, there's not a lot of situations for it. So that's why that's, it's not that great. But that's why it's... So, eh. That's also might be why it's great is because nah. it's so rare and it gets the fans amped up. Vince Russo, I think, did all that shit all the time with, like, false retirements and career matches in WCW in 99. When was there 2000. a lot of career matches? I don't know, I feel like Kurt Hennig retired a million times in WCW and what? Lex Luger. No. Yes. I don't think so. I think so. I think we're thinking of two different career matches here. We're uh, not. Okay. Anyway, we're we're gonna we're gonna reach an impasse we on di- that one. We digress, so. but I don't think that's gonna make the cut. Yeah, I think the I Quit match is definitely up there. The submission, like a submission match. match. Yeah. I like that because it implies that you don't care about pinning your opponent, which is the most common way mm-hmm. of winning a wrestling match. Right. You want to pound them into submission in some way, shape, or form. Right. You want to like bra- it, you it break meaning. their leg. It has you know? meaning. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to choke them out. Remember that one John Cena versus Umaga where he had to like put him oh, in the yeah. STFU with the ring rope? The ring rope fell off. It like got ripped off. I think Umaga ripped it off yeah. actually, and then yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good. Obviously, one. Brett versus Austin, which we talked about as yeah. well. You went Tully versus Magnum. Mm-hmm. It's a good concept, a good feud ender. Yeah, I'll go with it. I think I, I'll go I think, with it too. I think I Quit Match definitely earns its uh its keep. place. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's put it on. Well, folks, that is our Mount Rushmore of gimmick matches. We want to hear yours. So, of course, reach out to us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website and leave a comment at OVPPodcast.com or simply go to our Facebook group and tell us what you think. We want to hear your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of gimmick matches. Now, Quinn, since I had the first pick, you get to pick the second, the worst of the worst. So what do you got? 
Well, one of them that first comes to mind is the the Dungeon of Doom, the the cage on the t- t- <laughs> oh, ton no. of those cages up. up what, was, going, what was that even was called? Like, Doomsday ca- Cage? Doomsday Cage, it that's was? it. Yeah, oh, the Doomsday God. Cage, that's it. And we have great fans all over the world that said, what is the cage all about? Well, you're finding out here. It was the, basically, it was like a steel cage match, but with like triple... Two cages on top, but like the like cage in the middle had like two separate cages in it, and it's really so bad. Basically, it's Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man versus everyone that ever hated them, basically, <laughs> and they have to fight their way up the cage. So it's yeah. like if they beat the people in the bottom cage, they have to then get out, climb up to the top, and then beat them. So like, there's like one cage where it's just four horsemen yes. in it. There's one cage where it's like just a bunch of Dungeon of Doom goons, Z gangster, Z gang. I think Z gangster was like in the partition with the four <laughs> horsemen but like on the other side of it Luger's I, in it of course I forget who was at the top I, I'm assuming like Kevin Sullivan or something <laughs> the, the leader of all Bowser. this crap yeah he's but, the Bowser in this yeah match. I think uh the um what was Bruce Beefcake again? The Zodiac? Yeah. <laughs> Zodiacs involved. I don't think there was Yete involved. Oh, good. Um, there was either I think the fat slob was in it, after. though. Wasn't one of the fat slobs in it? I think definitely Earthquake was in it. Yeah, I don't well, know. Shark? Sharkquake? Sharkquake. Yeah, no, I was so, thinking of Jeep Swanson, Swenson, the uh, ultimate solution, I think he was called. Oh, the ultimate solution. <laughs> uh, the, the guy that was the haystacks? No. <laughs> that's a different guy. The guy that was the Haystacks. Yeah, remember Haystacks Calhoun? Yeah, but that's a different guy. The only problem, Quinn, is as bad as that match was, they only did it one time. Yeah, but it might be the worst gimmick match I've ever seen in my life. Here's a more... Yeah, you're right, but here's a more recurring WCW one that I hated. World War III. Why? Why do you not like that? Because first of all, you don't need sixty people in a three ring battle royal. Well, the it's it's divided, you don't, right? But you don't. It's divided. It's not. It's twenty men in yes, each ring in a three ring battle royal. Second of all, it's stupid. Why <laughs> is that the way you Listen, settle? I have your no, number one. No, all that is. First me, of all, well, they don't even have sixty contenders. Let me put it this way. It's not like the the really the only stupid broken part about it is that they have to voluntarily move rings. <laughs> Other than that, I'm fine with it. It is hard to film. It is hard to properly comment. Well, the one thing that's really stupid is like there's like one side of it on each ring that you basically can't get eliminated because you'll just fall onto the other apron. Yeah. Like that's stupid. It's a horrible thing. But it looks like crap. It has its flaws, but I wouldn't say it's like exceptionally horrible. Like, oh, man, Quinn. All right, fine. I mean, seriously, like, there's a recent one that might, f- like, somehow already be in there, and it's... It, what is it? It's not even retro. What is it? That House of Horrors thing with Bray Wyatt and, like, Randy Orton. Oh, God. And then they fought, like, in, like, an abandoned house, right? <laughs> and then they fight in there, and Randy Orton gets, like, locked in something, or and then he somehow, like, makes it... They have to go fight in the ring after they fight in the House of Horrors, now, didn't, didn't but, Vader have the White Castle of Fear match? Yeah, that it's like very akin to that. Yeah. <laughs> Scott actually recently called that House of Horrors like a minus five stars match. Like it was that bad. Now, what about the blindfold match? People hate that, but that I don't. That shit is stupid. I don't hate it, but I, I don't. I get why people think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not going to be a good wrestling match. Yeah. But it made sense in context. Was there a match involved where like. Remember how, like, Sting and Hulk Hogan is something with a boat? 
like <laughs> what they they had to oh that was just them going to the white castle right no <laughs> no i think <laughs> i forget what something no, with kids on a beach that's like sting and davy boy smith from like 93 okay. where vader and sid show up in flip-flops on yeah. the beach with colonel parker <laughs> that's not a match <laughs> no it's something else you know what's one though that's what? really silly but Remember that match where like Dustin Rhodes had to fight um, somebody on a car? I know what you're saying. Black, black top bully, bully and in they a were, moving like, truck. They were on a moving truck, and somebody had to like. You had to like. It's like probably the most dangerous looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like a speeding truck <laughs> on like country back roads with like a helicopter filming it. Like it's the OJ chase, and they have to like climb they have to fight on the back of they start on the end of the truck lots of hay there's hay everywhere <laughs> honestly that's the only way to pad the damn thing yeah it's so true. that they don't kill each other it's a stupid concept and then they have to climb like on the side of a moving like how is any of this legal first of all like how are the cops not pulling them over like <laughs> that's pretty bad you know what i never liked though was the first blood match yeah <sighs> I can top the first blood match. How? The Inferno match. The yes. one where you have to catch on fire. Yeah, that's... It's as, as sensationalistic as that is. What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. We're not even talking about wrestling anymore. Yeah, it's... At that point. Yeah. It's You're setting because, people on fire! The only funny part was when Kane, <laughs> for the build-up to the match, he, like, made, like, a guy, a cameraman on fire, but it was, like, a plant, and <laughs> yeah. he, he clearly had, like, a flammable per vest, <laughs> and he, like, runs. Yeah. And, like, in the in the vignette package, they would always, like, like Paul Bear, like, laughing as he, like, runs, <laughs> scampers away on fire. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. But, see, if you talk, if you think about the best ones, right, like we were talking about, street fights where you just can't take it anymore right yeah submission matches or things to get a little violently creative like the tlc and of course the royal rumble a unique match where the promoter puts it together theoretically right, right? Mm-hmm. now we're talking about lighting people on fire yeah the inferno is one of it's up there it's pretty the stupid. stupid shit that they've ever done i like, also personally never liked casket matches yeah, I mean... The concept's okay, I guess. I, The concept's fine. And it's basically a no-holds-barred match where it just ends where you have to put them somewhere, right? It's Fair like, enough, it's yeah. It's like designated. You know what is kind of stupid, though? This is a, a derivative, definitely, of the casket match. What's that? The buried alive match is really stupid. Very good, Quinn. That because one's you stupid. Have, you have to, like, take the time to bury them. But don't you already win and then you bury them, right? No, you have to like you get them in the they hole. They have to be fully covered or something by dirt. Like no, I think you get them in the hole and they lose. It's not clear, really. It's because, a stupid concept. Because remember the one where Austin had to get like a truck to like <laughs> make it faster or something. Yes, yes I like, do. Yeah. Oh, you know it's a dumb match. This is an actual gimmick match. What? The one where Hulk Hogan and the Giant had monster trucks, <laughs> and they, they and it was like they had they fought like a sumo monster truck match on the top of a, the roof of the arena. What are you doing? And then they fought each other afterwards. Yeah, but and then Hogan like threw the Giant off the roof too. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really stupid. Can we count one-offs? I guess we can, right? Yeah, I mean, they're a gimmick match. They're definitely there. Monster truck match. Yeah, I can't mo- even d- justify that yeah. at all. Yeah. Is Mario dying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, what were they thinking throwing a monster truck sumo match? <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> Even really, those words. That, I can't even believe that happened. Anytime there's a sumo match in wrestling, that's been bad, too. Remember the Aki yeah. Bono versus Big Show? That was really bad, I yeah. I feel like there was one other occasion that that happened. Yeah. I couldn't, I can't recall Yoko what it is. Yoko versus Earthquake. Yeah. In 94. That shit is dumb. It is stupid. Yeah, sumo. It has no place here. It's not even, it's just a real type of match just in wrestling. What about the Brawl for All? Do you count that as a gimmick match or is that its own entity? That definitely was something. I think it's a separate was, thing, it, though. Yeah, it was like it, it was like a boxing match where you could like body slam people and stuff. Like, right? You yeah. could like kick them. Like, <laughs> you could just do anything. It's basically kind of. like fake UFC. It was, yeah, but like more like boxing. I know a lot of people like this, but I hate the lion, this Lions Den match. That shit was dumb. I was okay with it. I didn't, I never got it. I, I know Scott came on the show and singing its praises. I hate it. Like, it didn't look right. The worst one, though, Quinn, that Ken Shamrock was involved in was the Circle of Cars match against Steve Blackman. Do you remember that one from, like, 99? Well, WCW topped that with that hardcore thing where in there the was a circle, the, the circle of cars and, like, knobs was, like, hitting people. In and the like, Turtles 2 junkyard? Yeah, and, like, and there, was, like, there was, like, baskets of, like, flaming garbage <laughs> in the middle. Like, that was pretty bad. Yeah. I, I don't remember the actual name of that, but it was terrible. Oh, I got it. Judy Bagwell on a pole. Was she actually on a pole? She was like on a lift on top of the ring. Like, anything on a pole. Judy Bagwell on a pole is pretty bad. Anything on a pole, though. Yeah, but I think we can cite Judy Bagwell on a pole as the worst on a pole match. The cat booked a Viagra on a pole match. I th- I'd like to throw the on the pole thing in there. I don't remember a good on a pole match. Well, Kenyatta on a pole. N- well, you know what was actually... Um, I didn't mind the um, when the nightstick with nails thing... <laughs> Like you liked a nails match. I'm not saying I liked it. I'm Boss just saying man. like it made sense. Like they, like in a, a context kind of way, it, it showed that you could do a pull match. It's like, well, he used to beat him with the nightstick and that's also the big boss man's weapon. So like they're fighting over the nightstick and using it to, as a weapon. I, I mean, yeah. that, that's like a solid, like that's how you would do it. Right. Like it's fundamentally sound. Yeah. It, it, there's a psychological aspect that nails is, is a little freaked out by the, yeah, and yeah. vice versa, because yeah. Bossman got his ass kicked by it. Right. I still think pole matches, oh, uh, strap matches, Yapapai strap matches, yeah. especially. Yapapai <laughs> strap match. The Yapapai Indian strap match, Jack! So, was that just a normal strap match, and just they call it the Yapapai? I believe so, but any strap match I've ever seen has the same damn ending. Yeah. You know the one where they're, like, tied together with the strap? Well, that's called something else. Caribbean it's like te- strap match. Texas but, strap yeah. match or something. But they all have the same fucking ending, which is, you have to touch all four corners, so the right. heel starts doing it first, but behind him, the face does it, and, and then and they get to the fourth one, and he jumps ahead, and it's always terrible because by nature they're tied together. How could that be good? Yeah, it's really it's stupid. shitty. I hate strap matches. Yeah, hmm. we have sumo monster truck. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. set the bar here. But I, I don't think I've ever seen a good strap match. Oh, Punjabi prison. Punjabi prison. That's uh, kind of like a cage, though. Well, in it's in bamboo practice. Sti- See, here's the problem with the Punjab that I always thought was stupid. Mm. It's really hard to like see the match because it's yeah. like it's it's like physically hard to watch it, right? And it's just really silly. Now, do you remember the one thing about that match? Also, wasn't yeah, I'm Holly try- wasn't in it. He had like a on the day of the show, he had like a problem and he got replaced by Big Show. Not many people remember that. Ooh, I don't remember that because it, it was a SmackDown pay per view, if I recall. Yeah, it was Undertaker Big Show. It was supposed to be Undertaker Kali. Mm. So. The guy who was named after wasn't even in it. That's pretty bad. Isn't that pretty they bad? They never did it again, did they? I No. 
I don't recall, but I don't, I'm, it's a stupid name and it's like a dumb thing, but like, really, is that the worst? Now, okay. Oh. Do, you, do you think this is bad? I love it from a, a like, from everything that's funny about it. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's bad the jailhouse match where like the Mountie went to prison or whatever? That's fine. There's nothing. That is fine. Even though it's like completely unrealistic that you could send a guy to prison for like a night. Like if you uh, like if that both the, parties agree to it ahead of time and kayfabe, it makes sense. But that the cops would agree to house them in prison for the night, like that they would have to sure. go to the local police force and ask sure. them to like put them there. It's New York. Let me I guess they have room. They could handle it. I guess. Can I tell you one that I think you're going to agree with? What? Kennel in a cell. Yeah, that's terrible. That's one of the worst. Yeah, that's really shitty. It's with the, the dogs around <laughs> the ring. Yeah, yeah but, because folks, if you don't know what this is, you need to find out. It's was that the, WrestleMania? No, it wasn't. It was at uh, Unforgiven or uh, what's one of those. the one that's at WrestleMania? The one where that's the big the bad boss hell man in the cell hung, match. hangs him or something. It's not the same thing. It's a bad hell in the cell match, but mm-hmm. Bossman's also involved in this one. It's Bossman versus Al Snow. So basically, it's you got the blue bar steel cage, and around that is the hell in the cell. Right, and in between the two cages is like a couple of Rottweilers. Yeah, as if they can't get out enough. Like <laughs> right. they're, they're in a cage in a cage. But it's such a horrible concept and like unnecessary. Okay, and yeah. the dogs don't do anything. Yeah, they're just peeing, if you recall. They literally are peeing. And also, you know what makes it worse is that the handlers had to be with the dogs. They weren't running, like, loose. Oh, yeah. The handlers are, like, holding them the whole time. Yeah. And doesn't King even make fun of the fact that they're peeing at some point? Yes, he does. Oh, they're peeing, JR! (laughs) (laughs) That dog got peed off, I think. (laughs) Now, just just to honorable mention, I don't know if it tops that. What was that match where, like, Abdul the Butcher got, like, electric chaired, and there's, like, an electric chair, like, in the cage? <laughs> Wasn't that, like, a thunder cage or an electric thunder, chair match? Thunder dome thunder cage. Dome. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That was really bad. Yeah, that was terrible. I, I remember seeing that on the network, for because I always heard about it, and it was really awful. I'm going to put, um, if you're okay, Quinn, I think we need to get Kennel in the cell yeah, on there. Yeah, I think the dogs outrank that. But, yeah, I think yeah. so, too. All right, let's... Th- we got dogs. We got sumo trucks and dogs. <laughs> sumo trucks and dogs. <laughs> it's it's going in. All right, we got two more. What about the, the coal miner's glove? <laughs> <laughs> Snake the snake. Yeah, what is the point of that? I don't know. Oh, like, you get to wear a heavy glove. Did it? Did they hit each other with it? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. it's so stupid. It is really silly. But it was like a ladder match style. It was like hanging from the center, if I recall, right? Yes. Yeah. Why? That, that's really stupid. <laughs> what was the match where RoboCop came? Was that gimmicked at all? I don't, I don't remember. remember. I, I feel like it was, but I don't know. There, but why is WCW have so many of these things? Like because they're WCW. I really think the doomsday cage or the one where they're on the flatbed truck is like has to be in there. Like, you know what? I think the doomsday cage should go in definitely. Yeah. Now that we've established that we're doing one offs. That was a bloated, stupid concept. I don't think anyone looked forward to that. No, it makes no sense. Yeah. I think the doomsday cage without question. Let's throw it in. Yeah. Here it goes. One more. Is it the truck match? It could be the truck match. What do you... I know this led to... Again, it leads to good things, but the 
the idea of it is still doesn't make any sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is any match where like you lose all your money or something? Like remember the DDP like the bingo money was on the line. Like see, like see, does that like that's more of a stipulation match in the same way I guess that a career match is. Okay, I didn't really think of that before. That's more of a stipulation. Yeah. like it's still a regular wrestling match. Yeah, but I'm just saying like that does that make any sense in the any match where it doesn't make sense in the court of law like the WWF con the the ladder match where the contract was up there and like it was like 50 percent of the company was Shane and Vince versus yeah, I Steve know, Austin. I know, like but it's still a ladder any of that match. nonsense. Like does that? Ma- we're talking about the way to win more. Than we're talking okay. about the outcome. I just right? wanted to throw that out there, just because like it, there are matches where, like in a realistic sense, they mm-hmm. make. That's why I brought up also the jail, the the jailhouse thing, because like Again, it's like it, realistically, like ha, what? <laughs> but the match itself is a regular wrestling match, right? Yeah. And so, until afterwards. Now, what do you think of um, brawn panties or yeah, um, fuck that or um, tuxedo? One or the other. That that Any might, match with you know clothes? what that might be the worst. And again. I get why, you know, we all liked Braun Panty matches back in the day. Well, actually, I think there's a worse version of it. What is that? The pillow fight. It's so lingerie. Pillow fight. Lingerie pillow fight? Yeah. Well, well, and see, that's the kind of match in which all of the divas wear sexy lingerie. And, um, and they bring their own pillows. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a big slumber party. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Oh, God. Yeah. The pillow fight matches. Oh my goodness, they really did that, didn't they? Yeah, for a little a lot. while, they did it multiple times, and then they would have matches where they had to wear costumes, and they would like fulfill your that, fantasy fulfill match, fill your fantasy match, and then like the remember the taboo Tuesday one where the fans had to vote for the costumes. Yes, on the internet. Yes, yeah. See, here's the thing: I am a male, and you are too. Yeah, and, and we were teenagers during this, so, so we definitely like, get the titillation aspect of right this. but as matches and as wrestling fans yeah right yeah why like why do i don't want this i think get honestly, it elsewhere okay here's the thing is the tuxedo or the broad panties regardless of where it derived from the yeah. idea was to humiliate the opponent right yeah but that's not what i want you but that's hum- a, i'm just saying that's an actual motivation in kayfabe Correct. however yes, the pillow fight just makes that's literally just nothing like it's a waste of everyone's time yeah the pillow fight is the worst one yeah yeah and it's just so insulting to yeah not, not just women to the audience yeah like if they want softcore porn turn on cinemax yeah i mean you know it's I mean? not it's, hard to find especially in the 90s yeah like, really yeah <laughs> yeah when everyone had a black box anyway yeah. you know it what really I mean? wasn't a hard thing to get your hands on <laughs> there were some girls gone wild after raw was over turn on jerry springer yeah. someone's bound to get into a fight and get clothes ripped off yeah yeah you know what because as wrestling fans hopefully i speak for a majority here of yeah. our audience you want the women to be wrestlers and good wrestlers. Right. The pillow fight to me was the lowest of the low. Like, it was like... Up there with, like, mud and pudding and like, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. I, it, I, again, I totally... I can un- I can understand the initial concept of a of a brawn panties yeah, match. Is that you're humiliating it. your opponent. I get it. It, get, it makes sense. I mean, I know they... they they took it way too far with like battle royals where you had to do it. Yeah. Like there was like just women and anytime you get disrobed, then you're like, but the initial, the initial one, when they started the evening gown one, the initial initial one was like, it was Sable versus Luna. And it, it had to do with humiliating the yes, opponent. Absolutely. There was, there was a reason for it. Right. But when we're talking about pillow fights, pillow fights, pillow fight. Yeah. The, the, 
and I think there was a Playboy version too. I'm at sure Wrestle. there Playboy was branded. It had a branding. Yeah, Playboy and, pillow fight. I, that might have Playboy been Playboy bunny pillow fight or some or, shit, or maybe it was just Playboy bunny match. But Either that, way, pillow fight, pillow fight. Yeah, that's insulting. Yeah, to a wrestling fan, not to women. In, it's not even <laughs> just any, to wrestling. It's not even just insulting. It's not even anything. It's just not. It's stupid. Yeah, it's really stupid. Yeah. All right. You know what? Pillow fight. It is for number four. Well, folks, that is our Death Valley of gimmick matches, and as you know, we do this on the fly. So if we forgot something, if we overlook something, or if you just simply agree or disagree with us, let us know by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us ovppodcast at gmail.com and of course Quinn they can go to our Facebook group yeah you can go on the Facebook group if you want to start the topic or I might start the topic or Joe might start the topic anybody just put it out there yep put yep. it out there and we would be happy to talk to you and we'll be talking to you more right after this because we are reviewing something back after this I know you like a good time I know you like challenges could this be some sort of trap and I know that you like living on the edge. Well, I guess I'll find out soon enough. Come to the white castle of fear. Hello, Sarah. What is our assignment today? We are going to design the ultimate kids' meal. First, a great bomb. Interesting. back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you for being with us for episode number 33 quinn we're reviewing something oh yeah <laughs> this is this. interesting yeah uh, yeah this oh <laughs> folks a little bit of background for you back in 2001 wcw as we all know closed down yeah and several months later Jimmy Hart and Brian Nobbs and a couple of other guys got together and went to an investor or two or three and decided to start a promotion to compete or I guess be an alternative maybe to <laughs> Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation. It was sure something. And it, I'm not going to say it was like the worst something. but No, no, it, it, it's, it, it, it's something. Though. It's 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 a thing. Yes. Yeah. This, folks, is the XWF. Say what? Episode number one. Now, this is taken helpfully from a DVD rip yeah. of the entire tapings that was released in 2005. Now, this is from November, early November of 2001. Yes. To set the context for you. So we're only about seven, eight months after WCW is folded. It's interesting that for historical sake, I guess, they release the tapings it is. on DVD. It is. Yeah. Now, we actually get a cold open from 2005 with Nasty Boy Brian Nobbs yeah. looking fatter than ever, by yeah, the way. And, and remember, take into account that this happened like four years before. Mm -hmm. So it's like a forward. Like, I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this forward? <laughs> it's like a yeah. very... Very melodramatic intro, basically. Yeah. So we got big fat Brian Nobbs and Jimmy Hart, and they tell us how this shit got started. And Nobbs tells us, <laughs> helpfully, that Ted Turner's World <laughs> Championship Wrestling was crumbling. Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling was crumbling. Yep, it's like Ludwig came. came <laughs> I, was he in this? Because I, I couldn't believe after... 
the last thing we did <laughs> with Ludwig as the Viking. Yeah, that that he actually just the first thing we hear on this is you got to know the set the stage. Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling was crumbling. <laughs> like he didn't say crumbling, but he said crumbling. He did. Yeah. So Jimmy Hart calls him Nobsy Baby. Yeah, he keeps saying Nobsy Baby. Hey, Nobsy Baby. And then he mentions that they didn't want any more prima donnas. And then like right afterwards, two sec, like right in the same breath. Nobs mentions how they were able to get Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Our motto was no more prima donnas. You know, we just wanted a bunch of guys that love wrestling. So we went after the biggest stars ever, including Hulk Hogan. The hypocrisy. Amazing. And it, we're like two minutes in. Yeah, it's, a, it's to the a, DVD intro. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, no more prima donnas. We want Hulk Hogan. We want Hulk Hogan, damn it. The, the preeminent prima donna. Yes, exactly. This is taped now from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. So it's like TNA or NXT. Yeah, like, crappy alternative to WWF. So it's not like NXT. Well, NXT <laughs> is not. But I'm saying as far as the taping situation. We open with a video package and Hulk Hogan talking the American-made version of Hulk Hogan. Now That's right. The music right. is actually playing, and there's as this goes on, there's more. No! You know, stones may sink in the rocks may fall, but the greatest wrestler of all always stands tall. I'm thinking, I guess, because Jimmy Hart started this, he wrote a lot of the music in WCW. He did. So he owned the rights, and yep. he could just use the WCW music. Here you go, baby! Yeah. You know? <laughs> so basically, this video package, which is also a promo of Hogan in front of the video package, yeah. it's basically Hogan yelling about how good he is, but there's like all these like <laughs> background pictures of his pecs or something, Quinn? Oh, yeah. So the the video of Hogan, like he's just kind of posing and like yelling on yeah. Hulk Hogan and blah, blah, blah. But there's like a video in behind him, and it's like a close-up of just his like chest and arms so and they're weird. like he's like making his hogan poses and it's like all close up it's kind of disgusting actually it's, it's a little gross like, oh, it's a little too much a little too rough when you say to me remember no more prima donnas yeah exactly and literally his promo his like video is the most prima donna thing you could it's like close up of his pecs and shit like Oh. <laughs> the intro to the actual show is very 2001 WCW. Oh, yeah, it's like they never missed a step here. Right. And, I mean, WWE also had this look to it too. Uh, this it did like the way the the video package, the video intros where it's like everything's extreme and chaos Attitude, and yeah, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Red and black and yep. you know, the colors. Yeah, it's yep. like. So who welcomes us? None other than WCW's own Mean Gene Okerlund with glasses. This is Universal Studios in beautiful Orlando, Florida. This is the only non-prima donna in this entire thing, I think. And maybe this guy, the, the host, Tony Schiavone. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a program without precedent. <laughs> you, know, you know who his co-host is, Quinn, that he brings out? <laughs> it's King. Tony Schiavone. How are you, my man? Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> King? Yeah, remember remember King? King and Tony Schiavone is so surreal. What a combo, though. I, I say this is quite a coup, because I don't think I ever saw the King and Tony Schiavone ever. This is the only time it ever happened, and some random hag is walking King down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, so it, he tells us that this is um not the cat. Nope, not, not puppies. Not puppies. It's kitten. I'm an animal lover. I like uh, I like cats. I like puppies, and I love kittens. And this is kitten. So he's he's traded in a cat for a kitten. I mean, typical king, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> and she just stays there the whole time. And King <laughs> says that kitten will take care of any needs they have at the broadcast table. Ugh. 
That is just fucked up. This is very, this is very, like, you almost think King's going to just yell, kitten Shivani? Yeah, kitten like, Shivani? Instead of puppies, yeah. <laughs> so then we go to the ring and Mean Gene somehow loses his glasses. Yeah, now he's just regular, <laughs> regular, yeah, regular kind. <laughs> and he introduces the XWF CEO and it's fucking Sable. <laughs> XWF's chief executive officer, Rena. Oh, yeah, she's the boss here. Or Rena. Yeah, not it just, Rena Marrow. It doesn't even say Marrow. It just says Rena on the, Rena. On the big type. That, what, what would you call this? The Xtron or something in the background? <laughs> like, what the? What's the video? Yeah, the scope? Xtron. Yeah. You know what's a feat you said, Quinn? There's been no wrestling yet. Not at all. And this is very par for the... This isn't their fault. This is just the way wrestling was in 2001. Yeah, big I, opening promos. Yeah, like 20 minutes. Ugh. Opening promo, you know, like an hour show, by the way. Yeah. Now, in an obvious shot at Vince, she says that until now, mm-hmm. wrestling has been run by egomaniacs with people desperately trying to cling on to their best days. And this is in a company yep. that has fucking Hulk Hogan and knobs in it. Yeah. Knobs! And, like every, and everyone involved is old and yeah. hanging on to their name. Many, many people involved not are very everyone. old. There's some young guys, but I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the main players here. Right. And so she says again here, no more prima donnas and no more politics. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then she introduces... Yeah, this, <laughs> here we go with more people trying to cling on. Commissioner Roddy Piper. <laughs> the Commissioner... Of the XWF. You ready? The commission! Oh my god! I mean, the the hypocrisy. Yeah, and Quinn, Quinn, you actually said to me, they just keep bringing out old people. Yeah, that's that's what this is. I mean, Sable isn't old yet here. No, but she's not relevant anymore in 01. I mean, she's old. She was last seen in 99, right? Yeah, but that's not that long ago. I'll, I'll give her that. Come on, she's not, like, completely off the the board here fine but off the board roddy piper because roddy piper is i don't know what he's saying he name drops jimmy schnooka that's how he says he always called him that though and greg valentine he mentions valentine oh look at greg valentine we didn't see him at all in this thing (laughs) thankfully quinn he just said to me where's the wrestling yeah there's no wrestling yet nothing no wrestling this this is very long by the way so far but i guess it's like a kind of introducing the the company yeah it's like i guess they need some background because there isn't really any storylines yet i mean there's nothing to go off it's First true. episode. So, would you say actually, Quinn, it's the um, exposition? Yeah, for it's the, the X- exposition. WF X XWF. I couldn't. I well, we'll get into that later. But. So, there's actually a sign in the crowd. Yeah, definitely handed out by the promoter, like we learned in Secrets of Wrestling. Yeah, well, actually, this these, actually is. Yes, I think every sign yes. was handed out because how would any of them, the people in the audience, know who was in this company? Exactly. Plus, it's universal. You know, it's a free freaking taping that people are wandering into. Right. The sign says XWF is excellent. Thanks. And did you notice also another tell that these were made by someone? Did you notice that they're the all handwriting, the same handwriting? The handwriting yes, was all the same. I did notice that. Yeah, I guess Harley Race was in the lobby <laughs> hanging this shit, handing this shit out, right? Cutting people in line yeah. and handing out signs. So Piper's been rambling for about 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. Then he's talking about how this is Independence Day. And then I'm like, is this the movie Independence <laughs> yeah. Day? Because like the speech starts kind of heading towards that direction, like the speech that <laughs> President What's-His-Head gives. President Michael Buble, what's-his-head? Yeah, I forget. I forget. Bill Pullman. Yes. President Pullman. 
simple. Yeah. I declare this Independence Day. Uh, anyway, we get a promo. Yeah. With yeah. Gene Simmons and the Kiss Demon. Well, now he's just the Demon Joe. He's not yes, the Kiss Demon. Right. And Gene Simmons does the like Undertaker eyes. Did you notice that? Like, I did. That Kiss Demon's gonna win. Die, like, die, 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 die. Yeah. So then our opening contest finally. Yeah. We're really bringing in the best from WCW here. The Kiss Demon. And then, of course, this match here, Big Vito. <laughs> really? Versus Buff Bagwell, one of my favorites, and I don't mean that. And I like this. Dave Penzer is the ring announcer. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure Doug Dillinger is back there somewhere. Yeah. Everyone oh, from WCW yeah. has got to be on the payroll. Man, if Doug Dillinger was there, we'd really... <laughs> Falling asleep and backstage. Also, uh, what was that? That mascot guy? What? The, the, the hairy mascot that, that would just be in the background in WCW? You remember he looked like he was like a bat? I don't know. What are you talking about? The mascot. The WCW, like... They did not have a mascot. Yes, they did. Rick Steiner? No, they had... <laughs> How are you not remembering this? The mascot. He was like a furry kind of thing. What? Yeah. I, Ralphus? No, the mascot for... I'm going to look this up. Go, Just go on. Buff Bagwell has his WCW music, which I'm not surprised. I'm sure Jimmy Hart had something to do with it. And then we get an insert promo with the Nasty Boys yelling... We're back! Yeah. We're back! <laughs> like, why? The nasty boys. Ugh. I mean, you gotta have your fat in this, I mean, right? <laughs> the ring ropes are all yellow, but they're like highlighter yellow. They're not regular yellow. Yeah. And Quinn, you said to me, essentially, this is TNA. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's basically like what TNA became, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this is the standard fair mid-card match. We get a big uh, veto chant, and the announcers make this big deal out of a superplex. They're like, oh my, he's not going for a superplex, is he? Like a normal one, not well, even a top rope one. 2001. I don't know why they're making a big deal right. about that. Yeah. And then Buff wins with some rolling shit off the top rope. I, I don't know. I like looked down for a second. I was eating a sandwich and <laughs> Buff won. The fans like Big Vita, though. They did like him. And yeah. well, I mean, because there's nothing to like about Buff. Yeah, I didn't think the match was bad. Or I, was, I okay. was like telling you, I was like, everything's surprisingly competent. It's not Here like. Bad. Here we go. Let's use the star rating. What would you give it? Two and a half? Two and a half, maybe three. I wouldn't give it three. I mean, for the first match ever, it's a good, it sets the tone. Four out of ten? (laughs) That would be two. And by the way, I found out the name of the mascot. What is it? Wildcat Willie. That never happened. That's real. When? when? I wish I could send him a pic. Is it like 90? No, it was like they're in like Nitro. You're not, you're, no, that's not right. The fans will see Wildcat Willie. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so then this is one of my favorite things because we've been hearing no prima donnas, right? No politics. Mm -hmm. We then literally cut to a (laughs) two-second clip. Like, literally, (laughs) this is all that he says. Of Hulk Hogan saying, no more prima donnas. Yeah. No more prima donnas. You got to put that in because it's like unbelievable. No more prima donnas. (laughs) Like that he... That Hulk Hogan even uttered those words in anything. No more prima donnas. It's amazing. Yeah. The irony here, the hypocrisy here. So backstage, Quinn, we have Prince Ikea. What? <laughs> I, I didn't know that guy ever wrestled ever again. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe. And he just kind of looked like some normal dude. Like, he wasn't. In, yeah. Like, even when he, he's in this later wrestling, he's not wearing any Prince Ikea stuff. No, he looks not, pretty normal. Not the artist. Right. He's not yeah. the artist either. Yeah. So he's got, like, all the other cruiserweights behind him. I think, like, Hooventude yeah. and, like, Shane, Shane Helms. Holmes, I think. No, right? what was the, the the blonde one in, in Three Count? I don't remember. Uh, Shannon Moore? Shannon Moore, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like, 
him and all these cruiserweights, he knocks on Piper's door. Yeah. And they decide to get a cruiserweight champion by having some kind of last man standing battle royal. Yeah, it's it's, it's just a standard battle royal. Piper took a long time to explain it. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to put you in a thing in the dive. Yeah. Da, ba, ba. <laughs> Basically. I'm looking at it this way. Instead of having to go through all those years of pain and toil, let's get us a cruiserweight champion. Let's, if, if you're willing, let's put all of you in the ring at the same time. Pinfall, submission, over the top rope, it don't matter. Last man standing. Cruiserweight champion. So then we clip to all the celebrities from earlier today. <laughs> that youngster, Carlos Colon. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he just shakes a hand and, and like some vague looking young cologne in the background that could have probably been like I Primo. Think, or... I think it's uh, Carly, which, you know, Carly. Carly, Carly, yeah. No, that's his real name. Wait, really? Carly Colon is what they call him. His yeah. hair's all short, though. He doesn't have the fro yet. Well, it's, he didn't spit in the face of people who didn't want to be cool yet. Yeah, but that was 04, I think he came in, right? That's when he started spitting in the face yeah. of people that don't want to be cool. Yeah. America's crumbling. Speaking of like new people, guess what the next match is? <laughs> it's first of all, it's Marty Jannetty, but this is like two years after Heroes of Wrestling, and this is also a year before he came back to WWE in '02, I believe. I think it was like '04 or '05. Um, wow, okay, it was further then, but still, he looks like that Marty Jannetty, the like one that had the good match with Kurt Angle. He looks good here. Yeah, he's clean and he looks in good shape. Yeah, but he's fighting <laughs> hell. Yeah, hail! I've never heard of him, and we couldn't figure out what is that. Like you were saying, it was like a hailstorm or like hail, like that comes from the sky. And I was like, well, does it mean like we're hailing him? Like I'm not hailing him. Yeah, like why would I hail him? I, because he's awesome or something. He's not. He's managed by Jimmy Hart, and he's allegedly six ten and three hundred and forty pounds. He is pretty big. I I would say he's easily six ten. Actually, but you said he has like a baby face. Yeah, like, he his just face looks, goofy. looks. Yeah, he looks like a creator wrestler. He also like, looks you know kinda, when he max the stats up like that, <laughs> that's what he looks like. He also looks kind of steroidy. Yeah. And oh he's yeah. Managed by Jimmy Hart. By he's the not way. the first that has a bunch of steroids in this either. No, that's true. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. And I know that the ref is very sloppy. I don't recognize the ref, but he's just like sloppy ref. That's what I'm calling yeah. him. So anyway, we get this shitty, nondescript power offense by Hale. It's just a squash match. It's to establish that Hale is a threat. He's, <laughs> the, he's the monster of... He's like the cane. He's the cane. Yeah. Because his logo is like fire and everything. Well, that's what I didn't get. It's like Hale is like ice. Chunks right? of ice. So that's why I was like, it can't be that, that it's that kind of... It has to actually be like we're supposed to hail him. I'm not hailing him. Yeah, well... I mean, you have to because he's hell. <laughs> so he wins Quinn with that finisher from Secrets of Wrestling, the leg drop. Yeah. I mean, we know it doesn't really hurt, though. <laughs> no, you know why? Because you fall on your butt. Yeah. Well, it also damage in the butt. Remember that? So, yes. Do you think this is setting up a feud with Hulk Hogan over who has the better leg drop? I don't know if it's that. I, I, I honestly just... It's going to be somebody eventually, but mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, I, was this company around long enough for them to establish no. a feud? Like, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and this match honestly was straight out of nineteen ninety one. Oh yeah, really it was, was. It was standard squash match. I mean, I that's straight out of like nineteen seventy one. I mean, I don't think they had squashes yet in seventy one on championship. Championship on. had just started. That's a totally different mentality. We'll have to find out. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. There's more planted signs, like Quinn and I mentioned. Oh, Same yeah. handwriting. Oh, there's you know? even hail signs, Yeah, I think. but like no one knew who that was. Yeah, I never heard of been... him in my life before this, <laughs> and I never heard of him after it. So, so then we get a promo with Dawn Marie, 
mm-hmm. and Maximum Force. Now, yeah. I didn't know who they were. We had to look them up. Maximum Force was Simon Diamond. Who cares? Yeah. And even better. This is good. Johnny Swinger. Swanger. Swinger, as Jericho called him. Yeah, the, guy, the guy from the Cruiserweight Battle Royal thing from like 98 or something yeah. when Jericho introduces the Cruiserweights yeah. and he like makes fun of him, says he has a zero out of ten chance of winning. Yeah, no one's thing. ever heard of him. No one's ever heard of him. Yeah, that guy is in maximum force. Like they're going to really they're going to do some they're damage. They're going to light up the force. With I that don't great know. manager, Dawn yeah. Marie. Yeah. So our next match, because Hulk Hogan's in this company, so is his nephew, Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan. He <laughs> He's here. He's, He's here. I can't believe it. I didn't never thought Horace Hogan was in anything other than WCW. That's true. I never saw him anywhere else. Yeah. But now he's fighting this guy named the British Storm, mm. Ian Harrison. So Ugh. first of all, Horace gets a jobber on entrance. Yeah, he's just already in the ring. So you know he's going to lose. You know he's losing. And Mickey J is our celebrity WCW ref. Well, he's back later. But yeah, I guess he's the head referee for um. I this. liked him. I was, yeah, Mickey I was J a big is fan fine. Of his. I honestly, Quinn, this commentary team has been startlingly uninteresting. I mean, it's the typical 90s King fair with, like, puppies and bullshit and, like, nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, Shivani kind of seems uninspired. Like, yeah. I, I want to be back in WCW. Yeah, like, or calling baseball. Yeah. You know, doing something. But I get it, though, because they had never worked be- together before. It is the first time, allegedly. I oh. mean, who knows what the taping order actually was. But Right. That's no, probably in order. But at the, uh, the same thing is, is, you know, they've never worked together before. And also, there's not much to do with the material they're given. It's weird, though, because this is surprisingly significant. I mean, there is no... King and Shivani, that's like a real merger of two worlds when you think about it with WCW and WDF yeah, so closely it before is because competing. It's, it's Nitro's main play-by-play guy mm-hmm. and Raw's main color guy. Yeah. It'd be like if JR did commentary with Bobby Heenan. Or Mike Tanay. Or Mike Tanay at yeah. the same time. Right. It's that magnitude yeah, of it's, weird. It's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So... Harrison, this guy, he looks like British imitation Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's it's like or Big Papa Dump. Yeah, like the a combination other. of yeah. the two of them. Yeah, he's just, he looks like a steroid. And the, and the crowd chants USA against the evil UK man. Yeah, here. like it's the American Revolution yeah. going on. Like really a USA chant. And I was asking, so British imitation Hulk Hogan pump pump comes out like yeah. with a shirt thing on. It's like a crappy dangly and shirt. He's like really buff. Like he's like. Not Buff Bagwell Buff. Like, I'm talking, like, Scott Steiner huge. More like Puff. Yeah. And I I ask, is he going to wear this shitty shirt the whole match? <laughs> and then he actually takes it right, right off. He finally takes it off right after I said that. This guy sucks. And Quinn, while we're talking about mm. not this guy, please, you had a problem with the alternate XWF logo. So on the side of the ring apron, they have the logo, right? And, and there's other guys wearing the shirt, and I wasn't sure. Like, I was legitimately confused the whole time. Is there, like, another promotion involved or something? Because there, there's it says WXF, and the X is, like, really big in the center, it's just so confusing. Like, is it WXF or is it XWF? Like, it's XWF. I'm, in my brain, because that stupid logo was all over the place, I kept thinking it was called WXF the whole time. It's not. It's XWF. Yeah. But anyway, some horrible head scissors thing gets the win for the British butthead. And then we cut to... <laughs> this blew my mind. We cut to a quick clip... <sighs> This is unbelievable. Of Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, the as Johnny B. Bad. I'm Johnny B. Bad, and I'm back. The XWF is in your face. 
Right, Mark with Merrill. like the rope cape yeah. and everything. And even had the gun thing yeah. that he shot, shot with the with the streamers in it. He's like, I'm coming, my yeah. pretty face or whatever he says. But he's got the short hair now. Then we take like this weird intermission where we cut back to the <laughs> to the present day knobs and Jimmy give Hart us a, analysis of how the taping was going or something. And they're like saying how great it was. Yeah, I'll tell you, Jimmy, we had something great started here. We had Gene Simmons of Kiss. So then we go back, and Norman Smiley says hi. I always like Norman Smiley. I thought you did. That's fine. I, he's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So here's our cruiserweight thing. So this here's is, okay. This is where we get. Um, this is interesting. This is very interesting. So here's who we got. We've got TNA's own or ROH's own. I guess both, yeah. right? Christopher Daniels, the Christopher Daniels, the Christopher Daniels with hair, with hair. Yeah. Yes, still had hair. WCW's Psychosis, no mask, no mask. Quick kick, and that's um, low key, low key. Yes, yes. If you might know him, I think he was also Xavier or yeah, something, something like, that. like that. He was in WWE also. Yeah. Hooventude Guerrero with no mask. No mask. Everyone, nobody, they all lost their masks back in the day. In WCW, WCW, you so. have to keep it in yeah. Mexico. Prince Iakea, yay. But just, he's like the he's, prince. He's or the Tongan prince. Tongan prince. <laughs> they say both. Called. They say Tongan prince and prince. And then Kid Cash, who I never liked, honestly. Yeah, he's like the crappy version of Jerry Lynn. Like <laughs> I always said. Like, he really is. He's the low-rent Jerry Lynn. And Quinn, who's our last participant? AJ Styles. A very young, very spry, yeah. phenomenal AJ Styles. And he, you know, you don't get to see much of him because it's a battle royal thing. Yeah. But it's it's very interesting that he's in this. Also interesting is we cut to the MTV Tough Enough runner-up. Yeah, not the Shivani WWF says. Tough Enough. Right, yeah. of course. So Josh Matthews, bitter Josh Matthews, <laughs> all bored and bitter looking in the crowd. Yeah. Right. He's just he sitting sucks. there. Bored. He's already he's already getting ready. He's like, I can't wait to go to TNA. <laughs> I can't wait for my nose to bleed in WWE. Like this. Guy, Those are the two things we know him for. This guy was one of the worst things ever. I don't know if that's true. Joe, he sucks. <laughs> ever. He never even could make it to wrestling like he was supposed to be a wrestler. Is it because he wasn't tough enough? His nose was not tough enough, definitely. Sick burn, Quinn. Yeah. Okay. This is a rather unremarkable and pretty short battle royal. Yeah. And it comes down to quick kick. <laughs> what a stupid Why couldn't they name? just call him Loki? Loki. Yeah. It's quick kick. Uh, Christopher Daniels, Ikea, and Kid Cash. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, chop, chop, eye rake, kick, nothing special. You can tell these guys know they have no time. Because they, this they is know. very fast. Very rushed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's some doofy, like, double collision spot off the top rope. I actually thought that was... Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was going the other way. I was very surprised. They looked like they were going to splash their opponents and both the guys move out of the way and they kind of clank together. It was a little doofy, in my opinion. But mm. that's okay. Different strokes for different folks. The Tongan Prince here and uh, Quick Kick go out. And we're down to Daniels and Kid Cash. Yeah. And I want Daniels to win. Mm-hmm. Quinn wants Daniels to win. So, of course, Kid Crappy wins. <sighs> Boo. Really? <laughs> oh, by the way, we had a different ref. We had Sideburns ref for this yeah, whole I time. Never, this guy never came back, I don't think. Who was Sideburns ref? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> yeah, really. So then this this made no sense to me. Kid Cash, like, goes over to Josh Matthews, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, come here. He's like, I like you. And then he like they're like, he's taking him backstage. What does that mean? Are they I, signing him? I guess it's supposed to be like, a <laughs> look at this, Vince. We got your runner up. Great. Who cares? Do you know how like bad that sounds that we got your runner up? <laughs> like it's like we're so shitty that we couldn't get your winner. That's true. That's a good yeah. point. So then we get a promo with um 
Alice Cooper, what I is guess. This, WrestleMania three now. What, like, why are we talking to Alice Cooper? He <laughs> loves the XWF, though. Did you know, Quinn, that it's pronounced Milwaukee? Yes. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> then we get a promo with the X Girls Inc. This this is literally like, where are the X Girls Inc? And I, then they just disappear, like never again. Like, what are they? Like, are they a faction of women? Like, that I are, think so. Are they going to fight somebody? Or are they going to have manage? a pillow fight, actually. They're, but they're, they're ink, so are they going to manage someone? I don't know. The Nasty Boys <laughs> are next. And <laughs> they're fighting the Shane twins. They're so fat, too. They are so fat Oh, here. my God. And they're proudly from Allentown. Of, of course. course. Yeah. And Quinn, you said to me, thank God for Sags. Yeah, because Sags is, like, always the best part of, of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, and I, you commented somewhere i remember during this match like they say like they look like they haven't taken a shower and then i'm like well sags looks pretty clean to me he's like his hair's all short and like yeah but he looks more like you know saggy he's uh, a little saggy but I, I don't know sag still holds his weight here it's knobs it's all he's crappy. got a lot of weight and to knobs hold has, like, too. The crappy sunglasses too when he came like the or like the, the goggles gog- the ones that have like the the things on your head type yeah, I, I don't know they, what he was going for there those um I forget Lodi used to wear those in WCW. Yeah, Lodi. pulling Lodi out of my ass right now. Yeah, you, him. you're right though, Lodi. Yeah. yeah, those are the Lodi sunglasses. Great. Remember Lodi? Yeah, this is a really sloppy, crappy match. <laughs> Quinn, you even say to me in the middle of it, you're like, "This is crap." Yeah. Well, you know what stinks is the Shane twins. That's a horrible name, and they're just you know big, beefy, bald guys, bald, kind of bald Papa Pumps again. Everyone yeah. is Papa Pump in this. <laughs> yeah, between the British version of Papa Pump and. Yeah. Hail Papa Pump and Tag Team Champions Tag Team Papa, Papa Pump. Pump. But here's the crazy thing. The Shane Twins win. Yeah, so I said this has to be like the since Nobbs owns the company, he wants to be like Mr. Like I'm putting everyone over. Yeah, because no more prima donnas. Right. It, well, I'll give him this. At least he follows his his mantra. At least he does. I don't yeah. think Hogan did though. No, of course Hogan's not gonna lose, but definitely Nobbs is like, I'll give him credit. Like, he could have just put himself over here and blah, 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 but he puts over these young Shane twins that never Yeah, good thing anything. he did the rub for them, because I've heard of them. Well, you know, Nobbs tried. He can't he can't follow, baby them through their careers or anything, but... So, this was weird, though. Yeah. Then the Road Warriors run out. Oh, what a rush. Let's, Sour and gory and yeah, all this. rekindle this feud from 91. And then what? I say Hawk's still alive. Yeah, he was alive for a few more years, yeah, Quinn. I, I didn't think he was still... I really thought he was uh, that he passed away in like 2000 or something. I think 03. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> you mentioned to me the irony of these newcomers, Shane Twins, winning, yeah. and then the pre-Madonna LOD coming out and taking all their glory. Yeah, that was the broken part, right? It's like the Shane Twins get this big win, and I guess we're going for a push of the Shane Twins, the young talent, right? Yes. But it's not really about them they kind of just are in the background and then lod's like we're gonna beat you up nasty boys like 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 literally it's like a 1989 promo because animals like we're at the big dance and we're gonna kick your butts well they're just continuing their feud from like 92 or 91 or something it's 2001 i know it's like a decade later (laughs) exactly and they even like talk about them rekindling their (laughs) their feud. they do it's like heroes are wrestling seriously so then of course because we needed another celebrity from a wrestlemania past yeah willie nelson <laughs> I want to say interviews Jim Duggan, but like really, he just was talking to Jim Duggan. Start at the bottom, you go right to the top, don't mess with that in between. 
Well, we all believe in America, and we all believe in free enterprise, and we definitely believe in XWF. Well, he's like, I wish you luck on it, uh, the continuous America's success. America's great. We believe in free trade. Free, like, enter- free enterprise. What? Yeah. On like a bus or something? Where well, were he they? believes in competition with Vince McMahon, right? Oh I guess God. that's what they're implying. And he's just having like a discussion with Duggan. Duggan doesn't say a word. That's I know. Well, it's Willie Nelson just exuding like how great XWF is or something. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So then Bobby Heenan is introduced as manager of the century. <laughs> he is the manager he of the is. century. I, I'm not going to argue that. No, neither am I. Um, but now he's a sports agent, he says. Right, he is no longer a manager. He said he never managed again. He so never did. He, he, he's agenting. He coached. Agenting? Is that what you would call it? Agentizing. Agentizing. He coached the Horsemen in 96 for one match. He's done a lot of jobs, but he's not and managed he an again. agent, but he has never managed again. Yeah. So he introduces his, you know, of course. Client. Client. Kurt Hennig. Mr. Perfect. Of course. Yeah, because why would Bobby the Brain Heenan manage anyone else? Right. Or, I'm sorry, agent anyone else. (laughs) Stand up and give a big hand to the one and only Kurt Hennig! So then we have a very interesting match here. This is, there's a lot of factors that make this interesting. Kurt Hennig in mm-hmm. 2001. Right. Right before he would go, like two months before he go back to right. WBF. Right. So that's the first weird yeah. thing, right? Number two, managed by or agented by Bobby Heenan yeah. in 2001. Right. At ringside is Tony Schiavone and, and King, and King yeah. in 2001. And Kurt Hennig's opponent is Vampiro. Yes. The Vampiro from Lucha Underground fame nowadays yeah from also cursing from, on commentary fame from wcw the, yeah the, the, the sting and with the blood mexico I was in like, general i never thought i'd first of all see bobby the brain really involved with vampiro because i thought bobby was kind of gone by the time vampiro's right. heyday was in wcw so very strange yeah so this is the main event by the way and um by the way xwf's catchphrase is in your face now you have a problem with this you, yes! you think it's too much like attitude but it, it's I, a, it's such a derivative of attitude i get Come it on. but it, it's, it's in your I face it's not it's not so offensive like to me it is uh, it's fine well obviously everything worked out for xwf mm-hmm. vampiro's wearing a dress or something quinn yeah he has like a um like a it's up to his like boobs or something. Yeah. It's like he's got to cover them up, but then he takes <laughs> he it off. Yeah, he's like covering his boobs. It's yeah. weird. It's it's literally like you know those like tube skirt things, like yes. where that where it, like a woman wears. Mm-hmm. Like it's like that. Yeah, because he's a vampiro. Yeah, well so, he's weird, man, and he didn't take his meds or something. I and he's know. like, oh fuck. Yeah. So the announcers reference kitten still being at ringside. She's just standing there, like staring into the sky, like she's brain dead or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's true. Well, she's a newborn kitten, and King likes him young. Yeah, he does. Ugly top rope kick thing by Vampiro. <laughs> Bobby tries to hide a foreign object behind his back. Yeah, it is. A, he does have. It's not a he, fake like no, invisible one. one. It's like a white. That, yeah, know, it's like that thing they would always do with the white like whatever it is. Like it's usually it's, wadded up paper towels. <laughs> yeah, it is. I seriously, I don't know why that's so threatening, but but he's got this behind his back, and then this is the stupidest thing. Yeah. Roddy Piper like sneaks up behind him, yeah. and steals it out of his hand. So yeah. that's okay. He's the commissioner. He's not, it's supposed to be about fairness. And I he's know. interfering. I guess he's like preventing it from happening. That makes it more fair. Here's what's not fair. He hits perfect with it. Oh yeah, he just nails him. What the fuck? Well, they got to resume their feud from WWF because you Th- that's know such gor- gar- Gorbachev. <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> it's such it's Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Yeah. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> Vampiro wins bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah. And then Sable comes in to like endorse Vampiro or yeah, something. Yeah, no prima donnas. No, we're not putting anyone. <laughs> How is that fair? It's like, that's the thing. They're like endorsing him. <laughs> it's like new blood all yeah. over again. So anyway, we go back to present day Nobs and <laughs> Jimmy Hart saying how, transport back. Yeah, saying how great this shit was. They got uh, off to a great start. Yeah, they're really not right. This is horrible. Well. Okay. It's not good. Okay, I'll at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. So then Nobbs mentions how Hawk and Hennig are no longer with us. Oh, and yeah. they show a tribute picture. But it's like a joke picture of Mr. Perfect. Like the 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 other picture with Hawk is like just normal or whatever, yeah. right? But then the Mr. Perfect tribute picture is him wearing like Buff's hat. I guess they were like fooling around in the back. Yeah. And it's stupid. And I'm like, do they know how to do like a tribute? Yeah, like a tribute. You want to make the person look at their best, right? You want to picture them like looking good. And, and why would you take a joke picture? Maybe they figured Kurt had such a good sense of humor that he would have liked something like I that. I guess, but on top of that knobs is like really legitimately like saddened like he, is. he like paused it and his face is like he's like really sad he's almost gonna so, cry yeah you would think like he would be like have respect for him or something right i think that's just i, I think knobs is kind of a jokey kind of guy in in, in real life yeah I'm maybe sure he, he thought like yeah he'll think it's funny he's not nasty he's jokey yeah, yeah he's very jokey so anyway that's it that's how it ends quinn what did you think of all this i thought it was honestly very inoffensive like it was not if that was the alternative to the WWF at the time, would you have watched it? It's fine. Yeah. If it was like on a channel or something at the, mm-hmm. you know, a similar time or I could watch it on Monday or something, yeah. I'd be like, it's just WCW. Right. But like, it actually was a little better than what WCW was near the end. Yeah. I mean, it had star power. Yeah. It had star power. It wasn't like nothing like completely illogical happened. No, I didn't like the fact that they were kind of saying like no prima donnas and you know that all that stupid the hypocrisy he, i didn't like here's the thing is that i think in their eyes uh-huh. they were you kept saying it was about vince and i think yes. at, at some at some level it was about vince it but was. i think a lot of it was about turner management and uh vince russo and eric bischoff but they don't fit because all these guys had just been there joe that's what the, they're talking about the pot and Politics was always really associated with WCW, not as much as WWF. And who was the main politician of WCW if you needed to name one? Hulk Hogan. Okay, there is my point. But yeah, but what I'm getting at is that in their brains... Hulk Hogan believes that he ha- he was forced to be a politician. Oh, you know that's I mean? such garbage. No, it is garbage, but I'm saying in their eyes, that's the thing, right? Right, you're right. I- I'm going to take your stance, though. This was not horribly offensive. No, it, it was... It, it was weird. It was weird. It was interesting. And it was like, interesting. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would have been... Like, I- honestly, I would have preferred this over TNA. Yeah, me too. Yeah, if like this was just like what became the alternative, yep. this is fine. This was fine. I love hearing Shivani at any yeah. time. And you could see any of those cruiserweights, they all became something. Or not all of them, but most you know, of them did. Most of them did. And except for you, that AJ Styles guy. You could see with the way wrestling, you know, moved forward. Sure. Like if they had retained all their talent, you could totally see like and they were willing to put over new guys like the Shane twins and all that. Who like, are even, they? Even I get it. They were putting over roided guys and stuff, but like, you know, that was just the trend back then. Yeah, I know. It was 2001, but if they had more time, maybe they could have, some of those cruiserweights could have turned into 
bigger names. Sure, I totally understand. Yeah, overall, not a bad experience. I wouldn't watch it again for no reason, really, like anytime soon. Because it's irrelevant. It didn't become anything. It didn't become anything. Uh, A quick epilogue, folks, for you and a few follow-ups here. So the X initially stood for nothing. Initially, the X was just like a missing variable in wrestling. Right. It became known as the Excitement Wrestling Which Federation. Which is a stupid name. Um, it is. And I mean, not that TNA is a good name either. TNA is a worse name, yeah. I'd say, honestly. Yeah. But a few other things. So the tapings were pretty much all done in one big shot of tapings. And that was the, probably the way it had to be because yeah. of money. Of course. I mean, again, this was started by the wrestlers. They weren't billionaire promoters or big corporations. Right. Like, so, like... They had I get just, it. They, they had, had to get to do, it done. They had to do what they had to do. They had to do what they had to do. Vince, of course, swept in, swooped in, and took Within, away. I'm. We're weeks, talking like one months. to two months. Yeah. Like, yeah. King was the first to go. I mean, by November, he's back in WWF. If you right. recall, this is in November. This that's first what I mean. Yeah. He's already back in WWF. Right. Right after Survivor Series, he gets Hogan in early '02. He gets Hennig in early '02. He got Josh Matthews soon after. Also, yeah. Just probably just because he could. Right. He got a bunch of guys, but. This was never going to last anyway. Let's be honest here. Why do you say that, though? Is it around now? No, no, no. But you're, you're, if it had not been interfered with by Vince, yeah, I, I don't see Hogan having a problem like helping his friends out. He never did before. So you're saying that Vince can never get his hands on Hulk Hogan? Say Vince had gotten Hogan in three to four years. Mm-hmm. Maybe this could have had a chance to at least make it out of the incubator, basically. like I don't think it would have done as well as TNA did at its heyday. Why do you say that? Because I, I think TNA was operating with most of the same talent. The only thing they did different, Joe, is that they, they, they did show a willingness to put over new talent. So does WWE. That's bullshit. I mean, so what? Not no one. I mean, the guys on top were the guys on top. Who was on top in a one? Austin, the should Rock. he not have been? Should they not have been? I'm just saying, it's like those. The, nobody uh, was. You ever hear of Brock moving. Lesnar coming in and killing everybody the next year? That was two years later. That was O2 when he it came was in. Late O2. Folks, let us know what you think. Quinn and I aren't going to spend the rest of this time bickering here. But folks, thank you so much, of course, for joining us on episode number 33 of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We will see you next week. It'll be June. Yeah, wow. Heading towards the summer. I guess it's summertime, OVP. And the living is easy. So, folks, let us know what you think of the XWF. Let us know your Rushmore in Death Valley. Let us know any suggestions you might have. We want to hear from you. Tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can reach us on email at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, then go to our website, OVPPodcast.com, and go to our Facebook group. Yeah, they got the, all the links at OVPPodcast.com. You can go on the Facebook group, discuss anything that yep. we talked about today or anything you want, really. I mean, anything it doesn't you even want. have to be about the episode. It's like if you want to talk about retro wrestling in general. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. So, folks, we're happy to talk to you about the retro wrestling and we'll continue to do so. We will see you next week. Have a great rest of your day. See ya. Tonight, you are here to witness the birth of a dream. For many years, the wrestling industry has been run by sleazy, low-down egomaniacs. Oh, my God! Whoa! (laughs) And its policies dictated by has-beens and never-wers, desperately trying to cling on past their best days. It is a business that has grown strong by breaking the hearts, minds, and backs of its most valuable resource, the wrestlers. Well, things are about to change. 
The XWF is an even playing field. No more prima donnas and no more politics. No more prima donnas.